Welcome to Leading the Way, a ministry of Brooklyn Baptist Church in Chesney, South Carolina. Join us each week for practical preaching and foundational truth of God's Word. Here's the pastor of Brooklyn Baptist Church, Clay Collins. Thank you for listening to the broadcast today. Our prayers at the song and sermon will be a help and encouragement to you as you listen. Today on the broadcast, we're going to start with a song by our church choir entitled This Blood. Then we're going to go right to the message preached right here out of the sanctuary of Brooklyn Baptist Church. And this message is entitled, The Blood Has Been Applied, Goodbye, Egypt, Goodbye. And we'll take our text from Exodus chapter number 12. So get your Bibles open, worship with our choir as they sing, and hear the Word of God preached. There is a blood that calls to life. It paid my way. Death, it's price. When it flowed down from the cross, my sins were gone. My sins were gone. There is a grave that tried to hide this precious blood that gave me life but in three days he breathed again and rose to stand in my defense so I come to tell you he's alive to tell you that he drives every tear that falls so I come to tell you that he saves to shout and to proclaim that he's coming back for you there is a blood that sides the blind it heals the sick and the lonely finds it has the power to free the bound as chains they fall upon the ground so pour it out to cleanse my soul and let its liquid glory flow because he lives to make me whole I owe my life I owe my all so I come to tell you he's alive 
want to look here in Exodus chapter 12. I was reading through this passage over the last few days before God began to stir my heart on the thoughts of this passage. Obviously, when we look here, you and I that have been saved by the grace of God and have read our Bible and let the time we know what this reminds us of. We understand the typology. We understand the illustrations here and how everything we're reading right here points us to Jesus Christ. It was John the Baptist that said, as Jesus come walking down the road, behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Everything about this passage points to Jesus Christ who was to come and lay down his life and has shed his blood so that might be saved from sin. But when you come to the book of Exodus chapter 12, the book of Exodus is simply that. It is a book telling us about the Exodus from the land of Egypt as they traveled toward Canaan land. But Exodus 12 here deals with the start of what we know is the feast of the Passover. A great feast that would carry on up to the time that Jesus Christ died. And many Jews today still celebrate the feast of the Passover because they didn't accept Jesus Christ as the Passover lamb that died for our sin on Calvary. But Exodus 12 is the beginning of the nation of Israel. It is a chapter of beginning. It is a chapter of getting out of bondage and getting under the blood, amen, and getting set free from Egypt and traveling toward Canaan land. When we come to Exodus 12, we could see in a lot of things I want to just bring to you, but number one this morning, I want to deal with the situation that they were living in. When you come to Exodus 12, the times were not encouraging. The times were bondage. The times were affliction. They were under taskmasters. They had come into Egypt because of Joseph. And because Joseph was that governor, that prime minister of Egypt, they had traveled under Joseph's leadership in Egypt. But Exodus 1 starts out telling us that there rose up a king that knew not Joseph. And because of that, they began to put the heat on the children of Israel. They began to put taskmasters over them. They began to afflict them. They began to put them under hard bondage and slavery so to speak. Doesn't that remind you of sin? Amen. As sin brings bondage. Sin is slavery. As sin brings affliction. As sin is a type. Uh, Egypt is a type of the world and the flesh and the devil. Every one of us at one point in time in our life we were born into sin. We were living in sin. We were living in the affliction and bondage of sin. We were just like the children of Israel. Our devil was afflicting us. Uh, the adversary was uh, just pushing and pressing upon us uh, to serve him every day. But thank God for chapter 2 of the book of Exodus which reminds us that God heard the cry of the Egyptians and God remembered the cry and God heard them down there in sin, down there serving, down there in slavery down there those taskmasters as they were uh, reigning over them and God heard the cry and God called a man named Moses uh, to lead God's children out of Egypt and into the promised Canaan land. We see the co- great confrontation of Moses and Pharaoh and the great compromise of Pharaoh into the next chapters that lead up uh, to chapter 12. Uh, Pharaoh didn't want to let God's people go. Uh, Pharaoh tried to compromise with Moses and say, 
Well, y'all go worship the Lord for three days and just leave the children and leave the wives here. And then he said, no, we can't do that, Pharaoh. And then he began to say, well, the family go, but leave the cattle. Uh, uh, let me say, Pharaoh did not want to let God's people go. And I want to promise you this morning, the devil doesn't want to let you go either. The devil doesn't want to let, gra- let go of the grasp of sin in your life. Amen. And so we look at the children of Israel. We see Egypt is a type of the world. We see they're living in bondage, which is a type of sin. We know the Bible tells us in Romans 3, at 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We were born sinners by nature, but we're also sinners by choice. Amen. Every one of us has sinned. Every one of us is still nothing but a sinner, even though we are saved by the marvelous grace of God. The Bible records us in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, the problem with the Israelites and the problem with Pharaoh and the problem with you and I is not an issue of Democrat or Republican. It is a sin problem. It is a problem with sin. The reason Jesus Christ came and laid down his life was to take care of the penalty and the payment of sin. Amen. Pharaoh is the type of the devil and Pharaoh kept giving them excuses and compromises because he didn't want to let God's people go. But God heard the cries of those Israelites. God in his, in his, in his mercy and God in his grace uh, came up with a plan. Hallelujah. I'm glad when you look at the penalty of sin, I'm glad that's not the end, amen. I'm glad sin does not have to be the end of the story. I'm glad the Bible said we're sinned about, grace did much more about. I'm glad through all of this, all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, when man sinned in the garden. In Genesis 3 verse 15, there was the promise of hope. He said, and it will be enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. There was the first promise that there was an answer to the sin that took place in the Garden of Eden. There was an answer, and it would come one day in the man Jesus Christ. We find even in Genesis 3 there where God took the coats of skin and clothed them to cover their nakedness. We know obviously blood had to be shed to cover their nakedness. And all the way through the word of God we see that it is pointing to Calvary where Jesus Christ would come one day and lay down his life. Revelation 13 verse 8 tells us he is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. God does not have a plan B. Plan A and the only plan has always been Calvary to save mankind from sin. Can I tell you today, you say, preacher, I want to get out of Egypt. I want to get out of sin. You'll only come by the way, the truth, and the life. And that is Jesus Christ. He is the only plan. He is the only person. He is the only way and truth and life. He is the only answer to sin. It is by the blood of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. Say, preacher, the situation I'm living in is horrible. Well, you're going to have to submit to the Lord. Amen. Not only do we see this situation that we're living in, but I want to say number two this morning, the submission to the Lord. You say, preacher, what do you mean? If they wanted to get out of Egypt, they couldn't do it their way. They had to do it God's way. They want out of Egypt. They had to submit to the commands of what God told them to do to get out of Egypt. 
And I want to preach this morning on this thought. I want to look at this Passover lamb, but I want to preach this morning on this thought, kind of a lengthy title. But I want to preach this morning on the blood has been applied. Goodbye, Egypt. Goodbye. Amen. I'm glad the blood has been applied. And goodbye, Egypt. Goodbye. Amen. You say, preacher, what are you saying? I'm glad this morning that the blood has been applied to the doorpost of my heart. And I'm glad just... As the children of Israel, one of these days, I'm getting out of here. Goodbye, world, goodbye. Amen. Preacher, how do you know that you're getting out of here? Because the blood is on the mercy seat of heaven. And the blood has been applied to the doorpost of my heart. Say, preacher, I don't understand that language. Well, let me explain it to you this morning. Number one, I want us to notice the slaying of the lamb. Preacher, what do you mean? Look at me in verse 3. He says, Speak unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month, they shall take unto them every man a lamb. Notice it was personal. Amen. Every man had to take a lamb. It was personal. There was a responsibility on everybody to take a lamb and to slay this lamb and to do what God said. Your mom and daddy can't save you. Your grandma and grandpa can't save you. Your aunt and uncle, all your nieces and cousins in first and second removed can't save you. But only you can trust Jesus Christ personally and be saved from your sin. Amen. See, God had a plan, and it involved the slaying of the lamb. Everybody had to take a lamb. It was personal. According to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. Amen. Look in verse 5. You saw a preacher. What about this lamb? Look in verse 5. The Bible said, Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. See, in order to take this lamb, there was qualifications for the lamb. Can I tell you, Jesus Christ met every qualification in this passage when he came and died for us as the Lamb of God that would take away the sin of the world. Number one, this Lamb had to be spotless. It had to be without blemish. It couldn't be corrupt. It couldn't be with sin. It couldn't be marred by the things of the world. Listen, let me stop and say this. Had Jesus Christ just been an ordinary man, had Jesus Christ just been an ordinary preacher, had Jesus Christ just been a good man or a prophet, he would not have qualified as the Lamb of God to remove our sin but he was with spotless he was without guile he was without sin he was in all points tempted as you and I are yet without sin he was tempted there in Matthew 4 by the devil in the wilderness but guess what he came out victorious he came out never failing he lived 33 and a half years and he never messed up he never said a cuss word he never looked upon a woman to lust he never done anything wrong he never lied he never cheated he never stole he never committed adultery he never committed fornication he never gossiped he never done any of these things but he was a perfect spotless precious pure lamb of God that took away the sin of the world he was spotless he was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin not only was he spotless, but notice it said you shall, uh, your lamb shall be without blemish, a male. He fit the qualification. He was a man. Can I call time out and say this? I'm not serving a sissy Lord. 
I'm not serving this sissy long-haired hippie, peace-loving, rainbow flag-wearing Jesus. I'm serving the King of kings and Lord of lords. He is a man. He is the man, Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm glad he's a man. Hallelujah. He went into the temple that day and turned over the tables. He was a man. Amen. He was not a, a feminine thing, so to speak. He might have been meek, but he wasn't weak. Amen. He was a man. Hallelujah. He's the man, Christ Jesus. Amen. We see we we see there is gender. We see this that the gender of this this uh, lamb had to be a male of the first year. Said you shall take it out of the from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month. Can I say it was separate? This lamb had to be separated. This lamb had to come out. That reminds me of the life of Christ. Jesus Christ was separate. He, all the Jesus Christ, even though he had his 12 disciples, they all forsook him and fled when he went to Calvary. He was that lamb that died by himself. He died without the camp, so to speak. When you study Jesus Christ, he was a separated man in his consecration, in his devotion to his Father's will. Everything about Jesus Christ, he was separate. He was different. And this lamb had to be separated amen every way he fit the qualification not only was the lamb separate but it was sacrificed preacher what do you mean it had to die see many people when you go and you share the gospel with them and you begin to explain the death of Christ they don't understand it you know why they don't understand it because they've never read the Old Testament they don't understand why he had to be spotless he had to be pure he had to be God incarnated in the flesh they don't understand why he had to die to take away sin it was all a part of the plan of God of him fitting and fulfilling prophecy you see this lamb it had to die it had to be killed yes the lamb had to be wounded but to shed its blood it was going to have to die and can I tell you Jesus himself died he didn't just go into a coma he didn't just fall into a deep sleep but Jesus laid down his life as a ransom of sin in order to redeem you and I and be saved he was sacrificed this lamb notice what else it says the whole assembly of the congregation at the end of verse 6 shall kill it in the evening that reminds me of when Jesus died. You begin to study the New Testament, you'll find that there was darkness over all the earth between. Uh, 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 but in those times there, there was a darkness over the earth there. And then we find that there was darkness over there between the sixth hour and the ninth hour. And it was in that ninth hour when Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The evening time and the life of the children of Israel was between noon and sunset. That is what they considered evening time. And that is exactly during that same time was when Jesus died on that middle cross on Golgotha's hill. It was during the same evening time he died as the Passover lamb he died as the evening sacrifice but I'm glad when he died there never needed to be any more lamb sacrifice he paid the ransom there never need to be any more blood amen our choir you sing a song about that there's no need for any more blood amen his blood took care of it all amen hallelujah for the blood of the lamb of God he was sacrificed we see the slaying of the lamb. But number two, I want us to see this morning the salvation of the lamb. Preacher, what are you saying? Look in verse 7. The Bible said, and they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door posts of the house wherein they shall eat of it. 
preacher, what do you say when you study this passage? And I don't have time to deal with all of it this morning in just a few moments we're preaching. It was that blood that made the difference. It was the blood on the doorpost. Jump down to verse 13. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when the death angel passed over, he said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. We sing that hymn around here, when I see the blood, amen. Can I tell you, I'm glad when God looks at me, he doesn't see the blood of an old sinful man that deserves to be in hell. But when he looks at me, he sees the blood of Jesus Christ. He sees the blood. And when I see the blood, he said, I'll pass over you. He said, the plague shall not be upon you and destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. You see, the salvation of this lamb come through the blood. Book of Leviticus tells us that the life is in the blood. Scientists and medical doctors for years never could understand that. They tried to understand where the life was. One of the, uh, I was reading the other day, I believe it was maybe George Washington that he had an issue with his blood and they thought that if they just kept bleeding him out, they could get rid of the bad blood and they literally bled him to death. But you know, if people would just open the Word of God, they would find every answer to medicine. They would find every answer to science. They would find, scientists just figured out not long ago that the world was round and all the things they just try to come up with. People are trying to find the answers by looking out in the wild blue yonder. But God's Word already has the answer to creation. God's Word has the answer to science. God's Word has the answer to medicine. God's Word has the answer to sin, though. Hallelujah for that and it's in the blood of the Lamb of God the life is in the blood God's power was working here and I want to remind you something although God's power was working God's power was only going to work through the blood thank God for Holy Ghost conviction Thank God for the Spirit of God moving in a service like this. But God moving in a service like this won't save you. Let me tell you something. God's presence and power. A leather lung preacher that will rear back and preach the Word of God will not save you. A good Sunday school lesson will not save you. A baptismal pool will not save you. A joining the local church will not save you. But the power of God is in the fact of the blood of Jesus Christ and applied to the doorpost of your heart and saving you from death, hell, and the grave. Hallelujah. Salvation come through the blood. The blood saved them from the death that the Egyptians were going to struggle with. They had to save the blood. Now think about this. Here they are, and they've got to sacrifice this lamb. They've got to shed its blood, but they had to save that blood. They had to take that blood and then they had to go to the doorpost and there they had to take that blood and they had to sprinkle it on the two side posts and on the upper doorpost. Can I remind you, most doorposts are made out of wood. That is a picture of the cross of Calvary. That blood was put on both sides and on the top uh, of, that, uh, of that doorpost there. It's a picture of Calvary. If you go from the top two sides you can just almost see a cross that is laid out as the blood is put on the top and on the two side posts it reminds me of that day about 2,000 years ago when Jesus Christ's blood flowed down an old reggae cross I'm glad I'm going to cherish the old reggae cross but I'm glad hallelujah for the cross the emblem of shame the emblem of sin the emblem of suffering but hallelujah he was willing to go hallelujah he was willing to die hallelujah his blood flowed 
float down that cross so I don't have to go and down a cross one day. But he took my place as the substitutionary sacrifice of the Lamb of God on Calvary that day. Thank God for the blood of the Lamb. They had to save the blood. They had to strike the blood on those doorposts. And what a great picture and illustration of Calvary. I'm glad Jesus Christ was willing to lay down his life for us. What a great picture of Calvary. I'm glad for the blood that is on the doorpost of my heart. You see, when you and I got saved, we got saved by the blood. Amen. First Peter chapter 1 tells us, For as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. You see, the problem with our society is they think their money is going to save them. They think their gold and their silver is going to save them. They think their 401k account will save them. I've got news for you. Your job, your house, your land, your automobiles will never get you a place in heaven's bright shore. But you must be saved, according to First Peter 1, by the precious blood of Christ as the lamb without blemish and without spot only the blood of Christ can save your soul from hell and from sin we see not only the salvation of the lamb but lastly I want to see the supper of the lamb you see they had to take this lamb they had to put it in their body amen preacher what are you saying look in verse number 7 they shall take the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. Preacher, what do you mean? They had to eat this lamb. Look at verse 8. They shall eat the flesh in the night, roast with fire and unleavened bread and with bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Nay, eat not of it raw, nor sign it all with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs, and with the pertinence thereof. You shall let nothing of it remain in the morning, and that which remaineth of it until the morning you shall burn with fire. And thus shall you eat it with your loins skirted, with your shoes on your feet, your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. When I look at the supper of the Lamb, number one, I want to look at how they ate it. They ate it ready to go. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to Leading the Way. We would like to invite you to our services at Brooklyn Baptist Church. Our Sunday school is at 9.45 a.m., morning worship at 10.45 a.m., and our evening worship is at 6 p.m. Wednesday night worship is at 7 p.m. The church is located at 8449 Harris Bridge Road in Chesney, South Carolina. If you would like to correspond with us, please do so by writing to this address. If you would like more information about our church or to watch one of our services live, please visit our Facebook page, Brooklyn Baptist of Chesney, or our website, brooklynbaptistchurch.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you have a blessed day.